Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fintech Findings, the show that makes sure you have your ear to the ground on all things fintech, from banking, lending, and regulations to payments and platforms. Each episode features prominent guests from the industry discussing the challenges and opportunities we face in finance today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Fintech Findings podcast series. My name is Christophe Joyot. I'm SVP Banking at Tink, and I will be your host today. In today's podcast, we'll talk about banking and how it's getting personal, how banks can support customers through the cost of living crisis. And with me, I have the pleasure to welcome Fiametta Liotzi, Strategy Manager at Tink, focused on our consumer engagement solutions. Welcome. Fia, Hi, uh, can you tell us about yourself and your role? Yes, sorry for jumping in so fast. Hi, Christophe, and hi, everyone. It's great to be here. My name is Fiametta. I'm part of the strategy team, as you mentioned, um, and I work closer with all our product suite that is consumer engagement. And that spans from transaction enrichment to spend management features and analytics. Great. Now, um, Fia, let's discuss about today's topics. How can banks support customers through the cost of living crisis? Uh, Tink's latest research finds an estimated 37 million Brits actually experiencing financial distress because of the cost of living crisis. Uh, and many of them look for their banks to their banks for support. How do you think banks can help their customers today? Yeah, indeed. I mean, times are tough, right? Uh, and we see that banks have a duty to help customers face this increasing cost of living uh, across all of Europe. It's not just a, a UK issue, right? Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, our research suggests that six in 10 French people feel like they have to make choices between different essential products. That could be food or that could be medicine. I mean, they're just no longer able to buy everything. In other countries, such as Germany, that amounts to uh, one in two people almost. So, the problem is big, right? But when it comes to, you were asking me about the how and how can really banks help? Well, the key is to, how I see it, helping through lean, simple tools that are accessible through digital or mobile channels and that really help users understand and manage their finances. I mean, banks need to help uh, users easing the pain of the finance management. If you think... If you think about it, one what we hear is that up to one third of consumers in Germany avoids on purpose looking into their bank account to prevent getting more stressed. And wow. up to 90% of consumers in France wishes even that the bank would help them make better financial decisions. It's crazy. It is indeed. Uh, it, it feels as a, a clear commercial incentive then for the banks, right, to to support the, the consumers. Um, we actually did a survey in France as well with the uh, Polling Institute Opinion Way in January this year. Uh, I, I wanted you to react on that because they estimated that 81% of the French people were concerned, uh, concerned about managing their finances, but also 97% felt they needed more support for, from banks, 97% of them, right? So what does that mean for a bank and, and really what's the incentive for them? Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, I personally have a business background and I, I assume you do as well. And we know that ethically it is relevant and super important for banks to take a step forward and help customers understand their spending and manage it in a better way. 
but with such a strong portion of your user base actually flagging uh, the management of their finances to digital channels as a as a key pain or as a key decision point on whether they would change bank or adopt different solutions. I mean, I think the business case or the incentive for banks is huge to have this as a main topic for decision makers. So I think if I look at other markets as well, we see a similar trend. We see that in the UK, up to a third of customers, they would they would be willing to find or look for other solutions, whether that is standalone PFMs, whether that is looking at digital or neobank propositions that offer better ways to manage their finances. Um, I mean, the, and do they tell us exactly yeah. what they're looking at? What is it they're looking after when they consider switching bank? Yeah, I mean, the ease and the richness at the same time, which is difficult to balance, right, of the solutions is is super important. So being able to understand clearly in one touch how your situation is going, whether you're mm-hmm. going to have a problem, a liquidity issue uh, in the next week or in the next month, that is going to be super key. But I think it also depends a bit on the different type of customers that you're reaching out to. And everybody has a bit of a different uh, different aim and, and different starting situation. And the winning cases for those financial institutions that find a way to target and unlock the different customer segments um, in the best way possible. So is what you're saying that the key part here is tailoring the financial solutions based on on the user? Is this Is this what you mean? Yeah, I mean, definitely tailoring and customization is the name of the game there. Um, Despite the cost of living crisis having an impact on the population at large in all of Europe, for example, there's still different different ways and different starting points in which the customers, the end users, really, uh, me or you or anybody else, are reacting Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And I think the starting point is to, as in anything, really, if you approach any type of problem, is to understand the baseline. Um, so the baseline is to understand how, how what type of customer segments you have as a bank and what their needs are. One thing that I find that is clear, though, at least looking at our data and uh, our research so far, but also talking to our different partners, is that there's still quite a large portion of uh, users that are leveraging only partly all the digital tools that they have available from their banks. Um, and they really only have a very rough understanding of just their incomings and outgoings on the account. I think we had about a third um, in the UK market who really understood how much they were earning and how much they were spending on a monthly basis. There's a, is this a more huge gap. About edu- yeah. is, is it more about education than actual access to tools then, or is it a mix? How do you see that? I would see that it's a mix. Um, but I think in general, the the best thing is to try to understand the different archetypes or personas that are out there simply and try to build a solution that caters for all of these archetypes or focus on only one of them. Of course, this is all dependent on the single bank's strategies, right? But if we think of what we know, um, I'm going to take as an example um, the UK market. It's one of the most advanced from a digital banking perspective, but also one of the hardest hit from a cost of living perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that in the UK, there is about 12 million consumers that are identify themselves as financially 
vulnerable. So they really, mm-hmm. um, their current income is no longer able to cover the essential spending. And these consumers see the bank as really, or they would like to see the bank as an institution and an entity that helps them prevent going under basically on a monthly basis. So and someone, an entity again, that is proactive uh, and reminds them of upcoming bill payments and offers solutions to optimize them if it's possible. There's other types of archetypes such as uh, consumers that are just managing their finances on a monthly basis. These amount to up to 25 million uh, consumers in the UK. Um, and the income here is barely covering the essential spending. So they're still at risk of financial instability. Here, the role that banks have for these types of consumers is to really help maximize how much they can save on a monthly, on a periodical basis. So being proactive in reminding them, hey, it's your it's your payday. Why don't you move 10% to your savings already today? So you have that as a buffer in the background yeah, and kind of help them build the liquidity buffer. And then finally, I mean, then there's the last segment that is comfortable consumers. Uh, mm. And I think slightly above 10 million uh, here. And these are consumers that are quite comfortable, but still the banks need to find a suitable proposition to guide them and, and allow them to see the totality of their spend across different accounts as they are likely to be multi-banked. So I think with this in mind, it's important for everyone or all of the financial institutions that are now listening, hopefully, um, to build this view of the personas they're targeting and then understand what are the financial, what are the digital tools to put in place to be able to cater to all of them. And and any, if if you look at Europe overall, do you have specific best cases or banks that are really, really good at sizing the opportunity? To, to tailor the offerings, the financial offerings to consumers? Yeah, we see a lot of uh, best case examples uh, in general. It, I mean, it's not just banks, right? It's lenders, it's non-banks, it's even tech apps these days. Indeed, yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone is jumping in on the financial coaching uh, ship, as we say, and they see that as a, as a way to uh, attract the end users to their digital channels even more and as a key interaction point with the consumers. If we think of um, our closest partners uh, like NatWest, Unpost, or BNP Paribas Fortis, um, they have really ramped up their offering to include personal finance management tools inside their core banking apps. And they have taken really a strong step forward in empowering their customers to improve their financial health with these tools that they have built. Just to give you an example, NetWest in the UK has helped millions of people uh, better control their finances um, and effectively get better off with an impressive uh, 5.5 million customers that are using the new spending feature right after the launch. So these are great numbers and they really show the impact that these solutions have uh, on the customer's basis. Uh, thanks. We, we, we've been talking for a while then about how banks can support the consumers, especially when times are tougher, how you uh, need to build tailored solutions for them to answer their specific needs. I was curious to get your views on, in a broader context, where does open banking come into this? As think is an open banking company at heart, right? How can that 
extra access to data sets um, actually help provide a better service to consumers? What's your view on that? Yeah, it, this is a great question. Uh, you really have a good list of questions today for me, Christoph. Um, but I mean, yes, definitely open banking plays a super important role in providing a, an extra fuel to the financial coaching solutions, I would say. Um, we don't like to, well, you know that better than me, right? But it is still not the ultimate solution that will solve all of the issues for the banks, for the lenders and the end users. However, it is an important component that helps the final solutions shape up. What I mean by that, um, if I think of uh, BBVA in Spain as an example, they do offer money management solutions, which are powered by open banking. And the open banking component comes in as the app uh, or the financial management solution is available for both BBVA customers and non-customers. So anyone, anyone, literally any one of our listeners uh, in the Spanish market could download the app and start benefiting from the tools that they have available by aggregating other accounts into the app, right? So not with the main bank accounts. This yep. really opens up access to the, the digital services that BBVA has, and it really makes it more likely um, that the new app or that the new customers will decide to become um, open a current account with BBVA. And do you know um, how successful they were in, in doing that? Did they manage to attract a lot of other published any information on that and their ability to attract yeah. non-BBVA customers thanks to that? Yeah, I mean, the result was impressive. They had about 80% mm -hmm. increase in customer acquisition on their digital oh. channels. Okay. And that was just in the first quarter. <laughs> I think maybe... That was actually pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> that was pretty impressive, yeah. If we recap a bit, um, it seems, looking at the current economic downturn, that the uh, the time for the banks to act is now when it comes to support consumers through through the, uh, the tougher times we're in, right? Um, not only because it's the right thing to do, but as you point out, you can build stronger relationships, you can run a better business, uh, better understand your customers uh, in that journey. Um, as a final note, if you had just a few things, let's say three things for, for listeners to remember, uh, both from that discussion and from the reports we've published earlier, what would these three things be? Yeah. I mean, our listeners are busy, right? So top three things that we want them to take home is, by all means, build knowledge on your customers. Know your customer base. Understand what their starting point is, what their needs are, and how you can best fit them. Um, second, be fast in responding. We have a cost of living crisis right now that everybody is talking about across all industries. But in two years, in three years, I'm sure we'll have plenty more crisis. So be fast in reacting, not to be left behind. And then finally, build the infrastructure for the future. We hear a lot um, <laughs> of our partners, of our you know uh, different partners that we engage with wanting to build uh, future-proof solutions. Well, build, invest to build an infrastructure that allows you to do that, that allows you to be future-proof and to unlock several different cases um, for your customers uh, in your mobile banking channels. Thank you, Fia. Thank you for these insights. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to this episode of Fintech Findings. And um, I hope 
that uh, we'll uh, have the chance to discuss further in uh, coming podcasts as well. Yes. Thank you, Christoph, and thanks, everyone. That wraps up this episode of Fintech Findings. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again next time to find out more about the developments in the fintech space. If you want to be notified about upcoming episodes, follow us on LinkedIn.